Oh, welcome into From the News, Woods. Uh, the Phillies are currently up 5 to nothing. I'm Tim Still, <laughs> along with Pat O'Leary and Vince and Towers behind the computer screen. How's everyone doing? Hey. What's up? So, I really don't know what to talk about tonight. Um, you know, you got the uh, you got the gas prices, you know, going through the roof. You got Biden just, you know, keep raising the gas prices, man. No, but uh, in all seriousness, well, that is a big water bottle, Taylor. Jesus. Um... But yeah, I, I think I would like to talk about uh, the Phillies and how I was right the entire time for calling for Joe Girardi's uh, firing. Um, oh, the whole and, city was doing that. No, 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 no. Uh, but I was correct the entire time. Uh, Bartrid was a little ahead of the game because Bartrid doesn't really understand how managers work in baseball. But uh, he was ahead of the game in calling for his firing. But since we finally did it, I think you're seeing the instant um, – like your the instant benefits of doing that with a guy like uh, Joe, and there's a lot of Joes that have been labeled zombie or sleepy or you know sleepy Joe, zombie Joe, um, tired Joe, old Joe, no energy Joe. You know what I mean? There's been a lot of them in this country. Girardi's the only one that really makes that much sense. <laughs> I mean, listen, there was a tweet that I saw on Twitter, and it was like, "What was Girardi doing to these guys?" Because like. They just look like they've had a got a brand new lease on life since he left in the last you know series and whatever however many games they played after it just it's night and day from what they looked like and uh I, I think we saw today as you tweeted or you commented on a tweet that said uh Girardi only had about two conversations with Nicastianos the whole year see now that that is just like absurd behavior because. Like you said earlier, what was this guy doing? Like, like, what was he doing the entire time? And people were saying, oh, well, he runs a tight ship and he's going to bring, like, a New York Yankees strict uh, uh, mantra with him. Well, clearly he didn't because if you're a manager who runs a tight ship, aren't you interactive with your players? Like, isn't that part of the whole disciplinarian type thing? So I think isn't that, that he's like, was... part of your job. Like, isn't that what you're getting paid to do? Yeah, but if you, if you look at, like, I, and... By the way, there, there was a lot of people that said they looked at, like, Joe Girardi, like, ejection videos when we first hired him because he has some epic ejection videos. Like, I'm not going to lie. All this, of course, was when he was with the Yankees and he had an all-star team and he actually had a championship to fight for every single year. But, I mean, dude, the guy lost absolutely everything, it seems like. It, it's like, I'm not going to say it was the vaccine, but, I mean, you know. <laughs> no, but I mean, in all seriousness. Calm down, D.D. What what are the yeah, odds? I, that, yeah, Didi uh, got Didi got the gout in his elbow because of the COVID vaccine. Isn't that crazy? What are the odds that two uh, two teams in Philly hire coaches who are clinging on to a decade old championship, one with a roster riddled with Hall of Fame players, and uh, both those managers refuse to play the young guys? Well, I, I think that just goes. What are the back odds that we end up with two of them? Is is but Doc like, just Girardi for baseball? No, I mean there's. It seems like, like it. Do- no, no, no. But Doc is actually like – no. But because Doc is actually – Doc isn't a zombie. Like, like he really isn't. Like, at least, like, his narcissism is funny. Like, like if Girardi didn't have – if Girardi had, like, some narcissism or some, like, ego or something, that would at least show that he has some life to him. Like, at least you know with Doc, he's got a pulse. Like, I think that's, like, the major difference. But as far as, like, how they decide to not play young players and just, like, are seemingly content with mediocrity, I mean, the Sixers, if you're a second-round exit, that's not necessarily mediocrity. That's not average. It's, you know, 
a little You're above average, slightly but above mediocrity there. So, and I think that Doc is content with that. To be to be quite honest with you, I, I don't think he really cares about winning a champion, another championship. I, I really don't like. I don't think he cares. But um, I don't think I certainly don't think Girardi cared. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he just kind of was a zombie in the in the dugout, and like I don't know, it's weird how a guy who's as like revered as Joe Girardi can just like miss like simple concepts. Like for example, like the second game that Rob Thompson uh, managed, you know, he put the young guys in the lineup again. You know, Moniak, Stott, uh, Boehm, and he was asked, you know, about that, and he said, you know, it's important to get these guys constant at bats and constant playing time. You know, they bring energy and life to the team. And like, you know, the whole fan base is rightfully like, you know, showering him with praise for something so simple. It's like, how did Joe Girardi not like understand that concept? Because I think that a lot of the excuses that at least I was giving Joe Girardi at first was, oh, he's getting told what to do. Meaning the upper echelons of Phillies baseball, the hierarchy of Phillies baseball, the front office is writing out the, the lineup cards each and every day. And they don't, they're kind of weary of putting the young guys in there. Well, as soon as he gets canned, Thompson just goes up there and starts all the young guys, including last night pinch hitting uh, for Matt pinch hitting Matt Veerling in a very high leverage situation who just got called up from AAA. If Joe Girardi's the manager, Odubel Herrera would have been the pinch hitter in that position, and there's no doubt about it. If there would have even been a pinch hitter there, so and you saw what Matt Veerling did. He hit a home run, back to back home runs with Boom and Veerling to win that game in Milwaukee last night off the best closer in the game. Yeah. So I mean, you, Dude, been... it's a it's a bad look for Joe Girardi for the Phillies to sweep. I don't care if they're struggling. The Angels are a good team. They're in the midst of an awful, awful, awful slump thanks to another Joe who's a terrible manager who just got fired. Aren't they tied with the the Cubs for the longest losing streak since 1900 right now with a third team? I believe I I saw that on ESPN today. I don't know. But probably. But, like, listen, there's already been some electric moments in the Rob Thompson era. Like, you come out in the first game under him and you blow the Angels out 10-0 with like multiple home runs by guys, another big win was seven to two, and then uh, one of the, a great moment from uh, the last the last game in that Angel series was uh, me and Pat were out drinking on a Sunday. Surprise, before, surprise! Before, we were drinking before a concert at our friend's house, and you know, obviously Bryce hits that grand slam in I believe it was the eighth inning, right or seventh, one of those two to tie the game. That was huge, and then. Just as we were getting ready to Uber out of our friend's house to go to this concert, we're watching on my phone uh, Bryson Stotts uh, at bat in the bottom of the ninth, you know, three, three, two count, two outs, and he fucking. And you remember more than I do about this at bat, and I was sober. Well, it was crazy because the the Bryce home run was also a three, two count, and both both home run, obviously both uh, at bats ended in a home run. And I was just saying, Seamus, too, honestly, like that was. With uh, Bryson, like he now has three home runs in the last week. He didn't have a home run before that. It's <laughs> like, safe to say Bryson, Bryson Stott has arrived. And by the way, um, this is a little side note, not to get too off script, but um, you know, I've been getting harassed on social media, so I feel <laughs> like I feel like a true member of the Philadelphia sports media world. Honestly, I feel like I feel like. This is how Spike Eskin must feel on a daily basis. This is how Tyrone Johnson must feel on a daily basis or, you know, whoever controls the WIP Morning Show's Twitter account because I am just getting influxed, if that's the proper word to use here, by absolute trolls. The St. Joe's Prep graduate is shaking his head no, that that is not, in fact, the proper word. Can you can you explain your uh, 
Instagram collage post? Uh, so uh, a friend of the show who will be named nameless because of like serious connections to what we're doing here. But um, he he put on his Snapchat story. He was like, yo, <laughs> he was like, yo, Seamus Doyle got Joe Girardi fired or something. And he uh, screenshotted the tweet or the picture from the Hall of Fame club where I was at. And I said, fire Joe three days before they fired Joe. Did I have something to do with it? I don't know. You know, I'm not going to show my cards. I mean, we can neither confirm nor deny that. I was mean, this, I'm, be- was, this was before or after you uh, denounced the Phillies. What are you talking about, Taylor? Stop trying to confuse me, dude. I'm <laughs> in a was, basement right now. about a week after, a week after okay. he denounced the Phillies. Okay, but that. either way, the collage, and you can follow me. Wait, what's my Instagram? Is it at... Why? why? You think you're gonna, I'm going to steal some followers from you? It's at Seamus Doyle Show, and you can check out this collage that Taylor just destroyed me for. Um, but I thought it was a fun collage. Uh, I'm known to be a little that's artsy. That's what it was. That's all. Yeah, it was basically just me saying, told you so. I got it done. But anyway, um, there's this guy There's this guy named Mike Butts on Twitter who just harasses me on a daily basis. And Which, I'm not yes, sure. by the way, that is the most should-be-a-sex-pun name that isn't a sex pun. Yeah, true, but like, Literally that's, should also, be. that's also a baseball name. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could see, like, like dude, there was a guy named Tuffy Ghostwitch who was in the majors for a while. Mike Butts, Tuffy Ghostwitch, they could be like in the same draft class. You know what I mean? But um, let's not get out of control here. But yeah, I, I have been getting harassed a lot on social uh, media yeah, lately. I don't, I don't even want to get hung up on this dude because I try to ride out for Seamus on Twitter and I get I get muted. But it's not even me. It's it's not even – I mean, it's not even just this guy. It's it's a lot of people. And, you know, I, I guess Haters this and is – losers. But I think this is God grooming me, who I don't believe in, grooming me for like my future in – Sports talk radio, you know? It could be. Um, Seamus, I do have a question about the Phillies and what, like, and your opinion on something, because I've been seeing some people say this, even with the firing of Girardi and, you know, like the, the Phillies' success right now. And, like, you know, we'll see what comes long term, even this year. But, like, oh, it's going to be bad long term. A lot of people are still criticizing Dombrowski's uh, building of the roster here, as far as, like, you know, like who Dan Cole, McGuckin or Sean Zarzation? I don't I've see seen, anybody outside of those people criticizing. I've seen it on I've seen it on Twitter. You know, like because they're I, just trolls and they're wrong. Listen, there are there are some questions that are fair to be asked. What, mean, what are the you, questions about? Wait, wait, wait. What, what, I mean, what you still the, have no, you still have really no reliever and no like. I mean, no, I guess no, you're, Sir you, Anthony, you were, but hold on, hold on, you're hold on. Wait a minute, you're about to. I'm going to defend Dave Dombrowski, kind of like how you guys defend. Uh, Maury, even though Dombrowski has rings and Maury doesn't, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Dombrowski went out there and got literally the best closer on the market in Corey Canable. How is he supposed to know that he's going to absolutely implode right now? Does he have a crystal ball? Our GMs, well, because because no, no, no. he plays for the Phillies now. Yeah, that should okay. just be known. Okay, well then he should have just not taken the job here. But like, all I'm trying to say, dude, we had people. We, we, he people, probably shouldn't have, to be fair. People in in our friend group, dude, that – I mean, this one guy and who I love. He's a great guy. He just became a doctor or I don't know, whatever. Congratulations. Um, he, he just said that, like, Kyle Schwarber and, and uh, Nick Castellanos are horrible additions to this team. How? Like, like you can't say well, that with a straight – no, there's no well. In that concept, uh, con- context what like other context is they, there I think he was saying so far they have not added much to the team which i but they have. agree with but they well no they, i think i think it was more of the school of thought that 
why would you sign two DHs? I think that's what a lot of the thoughts going because like I I don't know what you're talking about, Shane, because I have seen a bunch of people on Twitter like what what the hell's happening? Like why did we sign two DHs? That was a really dumb. Yeah, move, but those people don't know baseball. No, 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 no. No, it isn't. When you're, no, it when isn't. Your, when your defense was already very poor. No, it isn't because look at. Are you guys familiar with the team that plays in the Bronx in New York? No. No, actually. One through nine. My, mom, are, my mom's from Queens. Not. Oh, so she's a Mets that's fan. That's Flushing. Yeah. Yeah. So one. Th- it's, that, that's better. One through nine, dude, in New York for the Yankees are DHs. One through nine. Guess how many wins they have? They're thirty and fifteen. So Why don't give me that BS. That? What? But they have. They have a solid. Why does it work for them? I was saying. Oh, okay, but you're contradicting yourself. You're you're admitting that an all DH lineup works, but the okay. reason why it doesn't work here is because we don't have relief pitching. Sure. Okay, so end of story. So why hasn't any good relief pitching been added? Corey Kniebel was the best closer on the market. Brad Hand has been a solid reliever. Jury's Familia is starting to figure it out, believe it or not. He's got an ERA down to three seven four. So I don't know, like I don't know what you want. I don't trust him at all. No, I don't either. I'm just I'm just saying they sent Alvarado to the minors. Any, I don't trust any of them really. I mean, I guess Sir Anthony is like all right, but well, well, Kniebel can't be a closer. I mean, anymore. I'm, but but again, that that is not on Dombrowski. That because he was literally a great reliever last year, closer for the Dodgers. Who you know? Didn't they win the World Series two years ago? So I mean, like I, I don't know about that. It was that, during the dude. COVID year though, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, and then Justin Turner infected everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What do you? What do you? What do like you see coming from this season? Like obviously, it's like. Uh, we're only one, you know, almost a week removed from Girardi's firing and uh, one series deep, you know, we're in the middle of another one right now. But, like, what do you think is, like, going to happen this season now? Do you think they can keep up the level of play they've, like, well, I, I put think on it's, here? It's a good question, and it's almost an impossible – it's impossible to answer at this point. But, like, going with my gut, I think Dombrowski, not based on his offseason moves, which were phenomenal in my opinion – but we'll see what he's made of now. Meaning, you have a first baseman who is absolutely, I mean, he's pathetic. He homered tonight, but he is just, he's not good. And and he has his defenders, and it's just uh, his bizarre. Defenders, his defenders are, str- listen, I don't know what he's done. Well, to they're like, all women, and, and they think he's cute, which I understand. Well, it's he is not just cute. that, because even the guys that attack you constantly are huge Reese fan club people. and like Well, because they are analytics fix people. I think it's also just the fact that he's kind of homegrown talent. Like he's, he's been talent. here his whole career. Well, I mean, in their eyes, Seamus, I'm, I'm looking through their eyes right now. So Great to dogs, them, he's homegrown talent. Um, he's been around, you know, people fell in love with him because he came up with us, like everything like that. Like, I get it. Jimmy. I don't give a fuck well, personally. We're talking, we're, we're talking about a Philly who – will turn on people that play bad in the snap of a finger, no matter yeah. if they were fucking born and raised in this city. Yeah. And for some reason, that hasn't happened. Look at Stephen A. Smith. I'm not saying I want everyone to suddenly hate him. I mean, I obviously think he needs to play better also. But it is a very like interesting snapshot of a player who, in a city that usually will turn on guys underperforming, he has staunch defenders regardless and, of how bad he plays. And I'll get back to that in a second, Vince. But I'm sorry. like when, Carson when Wentz I, was similar. When, when he gets brought up, Reese... I over-criticize him just because of his defenders make me hate him more. And I don't hate Reese Hoskins. I think he's got pop. I think that he just does he never has been able to figure out how to put it together consistently. And that's 
he's not helping this team like really he's really not like he's no. not a he's not a winning player he comes from the era of Phillies baseball that we're still in until proven otherwise of losing culture losing baseball that's why yeah. you're bringing guys like Castellanos and Schwarber not that Castellanos has ever really won anything either but Schwarber has um but, but I'm just ways to get it together this year also but I like as far as Hoskins goes he's good enough where you can trade him for an arm you, you trade him for an arm, arm dude Put Boom at first. Put put it. Put Boom at first. Put Camargo at first. I don't care. Put Garrett Stubbs at first. I, I don't care. But do I think they're going to move on from him? No, because I think this organization is just as attached to him as the fans are. Um. So, but like, what do I see going forward? Going back to your original question, it all depends on if Dombrowski can, can figure out a way to rebuild this bullpen midseason. Yeah. Because if you don't have a closer, you're in big trouble. Order. I, but that's but that's why I think it all goes back to Hoskins. If you package Hoskins and Odubel Herrera, somebody will trade an arm for for those two guys, okay? And then maybe go after a starter, put Ranger Suarez back into the bullpen, either as a closer, and have Sir Anthony be your eighth, seventh, eighth inning guy, and have Brad Hand and Connor Brogdon, who's been very good, and actually Nick Nelson is starting to, you know, he's starting to look a little better in his last couple of outings. Uh, but as far as Knebel goes, it is a no-go every single time for me. Yeah, like last he, night, uh, last night just like, pretty much proved it. He's making a lot of money, and like it sucks that he is because like you, all, I don't want to see him in the game ever. But do you understand why I don't put that on Dombrowski? No, I get it. Yeah, listen, I, I I defend. Listen, I defend how I, uh, other GMs who have made draft picks by saying like you, you don't see the future and that kind no, of stuff. No, but so, like, but it's not it's not even this. This would be similar to. AJ Brown being acquired by the Eagles and, and, and him sucking. and him being terrible. Yeah, no, that's I, not I, that's I not a Howie problem. Listen, Even though I people was, people will still blame Howie, but, they, but they're pointing, wrong. I was just pointing out that people have been criticizing Dombrowski. I'm not saying personally I am. But but the DH thing is stupid because listen, is it what I want to see? No. Is it how I would have constructed it? Probably not because I don't think there's a lot of balance to the lineup. I think it's a lot of all or nothing guys, and if all of them are slumping. That's disastrous, and we've seen that for the first three months of the season, pretty much. Yeah, yeah I mean, even if like half of them are slumping, like they're we're kind just, of shit on a luck. We're run. just very lucky that. Uh, but that's Harper. why. But that's why I think Hoskins, like, really doesn't fit well on this team because I thought he was going to benefit from having Castellanos and Schwarber in the lineup. He clearly hasn't. He's clearly the same streaky player. You can't have two Kyle Schwarbers on the same team. Meaning, like, power hitting or nothing. At least Castellanos is a doubles machine, extra base hit machine, walk guy, too. And you saw Hoskins' walks go down the season. So, And that was his main thing. Well, he gets on base. He hits 230, but he gets on base. Not so much, not as much this season. We're just uh, lucky Bryce Harper is as good as he is because he is pretty fucking incredible. As Joe um, Girardi said, thank God for the DH. I do have two questions to ask which, you. Wait, which one? Which DH? <laughs> uh, question number one is a player that we've had debate on this uh, podcast before about that I just want to know like what your updated thoughts on him are. Uh, Alec Bohm, where do you stand with Alec Bohm right now? I think he's a singles hitter who hits for very little to no power, even being six five. I, I this this is this came up because earlier we were pointing out that in a comment section about the All Star game, some Phillies fan said that Bohm is an All Star, and that is ridiculous. And you pointed out, like, you know, he's only a singles hitter or whatever. And listen, I mean. He's Ben Revere at the plate. 
Which, like, listen, uh, hitting singles is still like you know valuable, but he's not an all star. Not I really. Think Bohm's he, I think it's Bohm's not. Bohm's it's not really valuable when you're a third baseman who's six five. First of all, third base is a power hitting position. Being six five is a power hitting. Yeah, build. but like, listen, I, I would like if he started hitting doubles at least, but because I think there's enough power hitting in other parts of the lineup to make up for that. I guess, but I don't know. Listen, I think he's fine. I I would much rather him be hitting singles and striking out all the time as then, we're accustomed to. So yeah, I think second, he's fine. My, he's improved. My second question for you is like, what do you think it would take uh, for the result at the end of the season? Like what result at the end of the season do you think it would take for the Phillies to bring back Rob Thompson as like the manager for next year? Uh, I think they would be like heavily considering it. Um, obviously it all depends on what happens from now until the end of the season. I think if they miss another postseason even with yeah, the was third gonna... wild card i think that it's a no-brainer that he does not come back um but i think dombrowski likes him but dombrowski also made it clear that he was just strictly in the interim role right so, i was just made th- oh go ahead taylor sorry so you're thompson or tom's out uh, well right <laughs> now right now taylor i'm thompson there's no doubt about it like and uh, I don't, how can you not be Thompson? you're undefeated right and to check the score right now it's five nothing phillies on the top of the seventh inning with the phillies strut uh, threatening yeah. right now. I, I guess like the the main thing in my question was like basically let's say the Phillies like realistically sn- get in the wild card. Like I feel like they'd have to heavily consider bringing Thompson back if like yeah, know, he but, keeps if he keeps the vibes good all year and that kind well, of stuff. And you, like and you got to think about the current construction of this team too. When you have guys like Castellanos and Schwarber and Harper here for the next long period of time, so you're I, gonna. It's not like next year is going to be a bunch of new guys. Another um, another thing, just in general, I want to like address with Philly fans, and this doesn't just extend to Phillies fans. It's also like even some Sixers fans is like I feel like sometimes there's people that like root against the team, like just so they can be right about like how bad they are. Like Taylor, yeah, no, yeah. like like you'll see people every now and then, like man, I just want to go back to like the process days. It's like, what do you mean? Like back when we won 10 games a year? Well, by like, the way, we're kind of technically which, still in the process listen, to me until I, you get out of the second round. I get it because I've said – I think probably after the Hawks series I said something like that because I was like, uh, it's it's better to just be – to just disappoint when you have no expectation of winning. But obviously I don't mean that. But, but I that's the that Philadelphia up, sports fan but, mentality. I, I bring that up to say like I saw on Twitter – I forget who exactly it was, but it was sent in our group chat and it was some guy basically getting in an argument with somebody else saying that he'd rather just miss the playoffs but then like get in as a wild card, go up against a good team, and lose. Like what is that loser-ass mentality? Get it's in Philadelphia. The, get, make the playoffs. You know what's better than making not making the playoffs? Making the playoffs. And exactly. Like, I don't care. Even if the Phillies – got in the playoffs and got their fucking doors blown off. At least they made it there this year. And that's exactly a step forward. Exactly. You, well, you have a, you have a chance in baseball with that. What? Yeah. Out, of, out of, out of all the sports, you have the best chance, right? So yeah. It feels more random. Probably. I guess. Yeah. That's actually, a pretty I, good w- point I would there, say though. so. That's I like mean, one of the first sports points I've ever understood from you. Cause most of them are just basketball. <laughs> no, but seriously, so it's like, fault. it's like a frustrating mentality. With like half of the well, by the way, Vince, this is this is like the same. Going back to what you're talking about, there have been a lot of people uh, saying that, hey, listen, if the Phillies go like five and five in the next ten, it's time to shut Harper down for the season. Have him come back next year, my friend. We are three and a half games back of a playoff spot right now. 
and you're going to shut Harper down. Like, like that is a losing mentality. There, yeah, there's too much season left to go to do some dumb shit like that. Well, because Harper's – their argument is, oh, well, he's not playing healthy. and Yeah, but he's still raking, dude. He's putting together an MVP season while hurt. He's literally Joel Embiid. And, and I will never, like, I will never stop comparing the two. And I think Harper is honestly the better the better player than Embiid, like, by far. Especially if he – Especially if he wins another uh, another uh, MVP, and th- that that'll be three MVPs. I would say the only argument is there is that uh, Joel Embiid arguably could have two MVPs, maybe. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, but that doesn't matter. I would, no, I would also give I would give Bryce the edge, also. Yeah, because dude, I mean, this guy also plays her. I mean, none of them win anything, I, I mean, and at least right Embiid now, makes the playoffs. Right now, Bryce Harper is like in can could be easily in consideration for like the best player in baseball, and that that's why I feel so bad. That we are, we are where we are in the standings right now. I feel so bad for this guy. He chose to come to a, to a losing organization, the Phillies, obviously for money. Let's be honest. By one. Let's yeah. Be honest. So I mean, he came here for money. There's no doubt about and, it. Listen, I know he's a he's like a great you know panderer and stuff, but like yeah. you really do like see uh, so much like emotion from him, which like I love. Like when he hit that grand slam. Like the fist pumps, all the yeah, way. Yeah, he's the a first he's a baseball bases. player. Like, I mean, it's know, pretty like, simple, but that's what he is. He's just a he, pure baseball player. He just wants to win, and like you just, I know it's like so cliche and corny to say stuff like that, but like you just genuinely can like appreciate when a guy yeah. like is putting like his like he's playing through through an injury, as you said, and he's clearly like fired up in that series that finally they look like you know a decent team, and maybe it is just because they're beating up on a weak Angels team. But like I'd rather think of it as a, a kind of a turning point for the season, maybe you know with Jardy's firing, and you can it, listen. I'm over analyzing one fucking little clip where Bryce got excited about a grand slam, but I just he's like, like that every passion. he's like that every time he gets a base a base hit that scores a run. Every time he hits a home run, he's like that. So I mean, the dude loves to win, um, but I don't think there's any question about it. But which I mean, is why I don't understand Philadelphia- why he's so hated. Because I feel like people look at him going to Philadelphia and questioning whether he really likes to win. Well, what, do, do people have the same criticism of Mike Trout? Yes. Well, yeah, but it's not as loud. I, like, well, people, people don't openly hate Mike Trout nearly as much as people no. openly hate Bryce Harper. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe it's I'm for different reasons by, than what you just by, said. But to I be call fair, out Mike Trout every time I I can. To be fair, when Bryce first started out, everybody just hated him because he was kind of a douchebag. And he's obviously grown up since then, but I kind think of. a lot of that's yeah, carried over. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I, I he think he was voted amongst his peers like every single year in the top five of most hated like fellow base major league baseball player like every single year of his career up until like this year. Yeah, I mean, okay. like like I said, dude, he was kind of a douchebag coming in. He was like 19, yeah. 18, Listen, 19 let's years not old. sit here. And his contemporaries, yeah, and he, by the way, he also ended somebody's major league career in Michael Morse. When when uh, the infamous I forget what pitcher was for the Giants, um, uh, but like he charged the mound and he like threw his helmet at at the this relief pitcher and Michael Morse the first baseman for the Giants came in and Bryce like swung at him and he like missed like ended his career because of concussions. We won't be like we won't rewrite history here. Like I'm sure that I speak for all three of us and most of Philly when I can say we all hated Bryce Harper before he came here. Yeah, he, there's no doubt. He yeah. was he was a douchebag when he first came in, but he, he did come in, you know, very young and obviously he was cocky because of how fucking ama- he was hailed the next greatest player ever. And obviously it's gonna inflate your ego a little bit as an eighteen year old kid. But like I really feel like he hasn't been that player in so long that you no, think, he hasn't, like yeah. but uh, listen, I don't want to 
I'm not going to turn it into the anti-Philly shit, but like, I, I really do feel like, you know, with the way he's grown up, like people would start to appreciate him a little bit more, but yeah, it's, it's actually funny. So one of my friends, uh, boyfriends, he played baseball down in Virginia. And when Bryce was drafted to the nationals and stuff, uh, he was playing in college at JMU and he was doing a baseball camp like right near his high school or something. And uh, his coach wouldn't tell him who the camp, whose camp it was until the guy showed up and it was Bryce Harper. And he said, Bryce was like, this is when he was like 18, like when he was considered to be kind of a douchebag. He said he was like the nicest guy in the world. And like, it just was like the complete opposite of what everyone would say about him, all that kind of stuff. That's so it awesome. just, I, it, it's very bizarre. Like, obviously like, public perception and was that he was kind of a douche, but it's also very bizarre to see that like what Seamus said is that he's voted like one of the most hated players up until this past year. I think yeah. more and more among his contemporaries, realize, I think more and more we need to realize that uh, a lot of personas and sports are, you know, like kind of made up or inflated because, you know, no, like they say, you know, bad publicity is better than no publicity. Or yeah, whatever, like is or LeBron like James a, actually a communist? Like, Probably like be, not. <laughs> like being a villain. Yeah, he definitely is. It's <laughs> like, like for example, um, I know that we're not communist a sympathizer. Combat. Yes, we're not a combat sports podcast, but uh, Colby Covington is probably the best example of this. It's, is, it's professional wrestling. Uh, all sports it's entertainment. Are basically, that. Yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like Who the Colby, Colby is, Covington. Colby Covington is a UFC fighter who's like very polarizing because he's like a big MAGA guy and he's a big fucking like he's a big asshole. Okay, like, I'm going to go out a, on a limb by saying fan. most most UFC guys are probably big MAGA guys, including no, Dana White. Seamus, he's wearing Seamus like in his. Is Dana White not one of Trump's biggest supporters? It. Let me finish. It's in, different. In Colby, okay. Colby's like persona is the MAGA guy. Like he wears MAGA stuff at all of his like post and. Uh, post uh, post conferences and shit and like press he conferences calls, he calls uh trump after wins and all that like that's like his like his like shtick is like the trump guy but like you and he's like a big fucking huge asshole in the octagon and in, in all the press conferences but you see these videos like i've seen plenty of videos outside of the ra- the octagon see many like, videos where he's meeting people and like he literally says to them like you- like i there was a video where he was giving this guy who's a wannabe MMA fighter like tips. And the guy basically at the end says like, like, wow, like I would never like guess that you were this like cool, you know, based off like what I've seen of you. And he said like, Hey, so you got to put, you got, you got to put food on the table. Basically but isn't saying that, like, isn't I have to worse? sell that persona. But isn't that worse? It's worse for what? How, it, how is that well, different from being? It, it, it brings in its interest because he's just playing a character more. People, okay, people but you know who else it? was playing a character? Probably Donald Trump, and he literally destroyed the world. But, yeah, he's not a sports. UFC fighter. Seamus, listen. No, he's people, a WWE wrestler. Listen, it works in other sports, <laughs> yeah. like you know, baseball maybe or basketball. You, you people will tune in. People will hate watch things. Like this especially works for UFC. I hate watching watch a lot of things when you're a villain. But like people will hate Colby Covington so much that they'll tune in in hopes that he is gonna get his ass kicked. The same way maybe Bryce Harper played up his asshole bit because he hoped people would you know tune in and. Like hope watch him to hope he lose or something. He's hoping he's hoping Jonathan Papabon will really like actually choke him out like in real life. Do you think that was staged, by the way? No, no. I Jonathan Papabon's an absolute psychopath. Jonathan Papabon is a menace. Yeah, I think I it's have staged. a signed out of his. Staged. Connor McGregor did. Connor McGregor did the same kind of thing. Who's yeah. that? People are just still people does. are just rooting look, against him. Look, look at the Khabib fight. I mean, he was getting his ass kicked, and he said, "You know, hey, it's all business. Like, it's nothing personal." 
it's it's the way of the world. In have we turned in, we turned into a, a wrestling podcast, haven't we? No, I'm just saying. Like, look at Draymond Green. I'm sure that Draymond Green is a nice guy, but he puts on like a villain persona because it gains, it garners him more more interest. More people are talking about him on social media because of his the shit he does. Same yeah, with Joel and KD, like all the trash talk. It's like the same thing. Yeah. And like Draymond. Yeah, but do you think? Dra- see, I don't believe that, that Draymond Green would pretend to be the way he's perceived for attention because all the p- attention he gets on social media is negative. Any attention's better than negative attention, James. I know, but then he cries about it. Like, oh, people I, are When mean does he cry me. about it? He, on his podcast, he's like, man, these people are out of control, like, in my mentions. So if he's doing it on purpose for mentions, why are you offended by it? I don't know. Because he gives him something to talk about, I guess. I guess. It's the Colin Coward route. Yeah. I like Draymond, by the way. I I don't. I think I like that. Draymond. I think that. And by the way, the 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 racial things that people say about him are totally over the top. Like like and like horrible. But like I'm saying, like people are calling him a dirty player and stuff like that. All right, maybe he's a dirty player, but I don't know. I really liked his bit he did on uh, players from the '80s and '90s that like weren't enforcers talking about how tough the sport was back then, basically calling them out like you guys were getting fucking bullied back and when Doc I, Rivers was playing. I just hate that narrative in general because like, like he said, like, you know, guys from the eighties and nineties will be like, Oh, you weren't, you aren't tough enough to play. But when we played like, okay, well in the same breath, like you aren't as skilled enough to play now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not the eighties where you can just go around and fucking clothesline yeah. someone and, and also, get away with it. Like they're t- and that also, takes no skill. And also, and also make mo- a career out of these, it. Yeah. And most of these guys aren't probably going to be walking around. Like Doc Rivers walks around, you know, because the better conditioning, they take care of them. They're probably not going to be, you know, overweight post-retirement like Doc is. Not fat shaming. I'm just saying, like, he probably should keep in better shape. You're literally fat shaming. No, but I'm saying for his health. because that Should we start fat knees. shaming Seamus now? Go, have at it. Speaking of Doc, <laughs> have at it. You can't fat shame an overrated head coach in the NBA, but Seamus is all, you know. Free cash or whatever they say, free money, cash money, whatever. I'd I'd love to talk more about Doc and like the basketball, but there's really been nothing with this. I don't want to talk about basketball. Can we keep talking about the Phillies? I mean, no. Because why? Because you asked me what (laughs) I think is going to happen, and I I haven't heard O'Leary talk about the Phillies at all. I'm not smart enough. Probably because he doesn't want to. It's pretty accurate. I was like, I'm not smart (laughs) enough to know what's going to happen. I just hope that they keep it up. I mean, yeah, it's nice to see everybody actually coming alive. But, I mean, uh, we talked about it earlier. There's going to be a collapse at some point. I'm just well, waiting for it. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. It's inevitable. Can we talk about, like, how WHYY is still in business and why? No. Because how? How I is no. public? I said, how, I said is no. public <laughs> how is public television still a thing? No one anyway. cares. <laughs> uh, Eagles OTAs. Uh, don't go, go well. to, don't, oh. don't go OTAs. No, 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 no. This is where you lose me. I love, I love OT. I loved all Why? the slop of football too. The same way I love the basketball slop, I love the football slop. Real football guy. Vince loves yeah. loves that sloppy. Topic. By the way, I let me get in an Eagles point real quick because I kind of have to like clear my name. I, I've said before on this show a couple weeks ago that oh, you know, I'm sick of the, you know the Eagles. I like the Eagles. I think they're going to win the division, the shitty division that we're in, by the way. I think they're going to win the division. Um, I think Jalen's going to take a step forward. Okay, are we on the same page? I think A.J. Brown is a phenomenal addition. I think that running backs don't matter too much in 
in this scheme in the Eagles, like how the Eagles are constructed. So if Miles Sanders improves, that would be uh, like huge, right? Um, so I think that they, they have a solid core. I think Kez like finally has a decent role where there's not going to be too much pressure on him because A.J. Brown and Devontae are arguably two number one guys. So that's great. Um, the only concern I – I should be cut. Yeah, of course. You know, that's that's how we that's what we always say. I just think that – and by the way, I'm a Jalen guy. I've been a Jalen guy the entire time. I, I was anti-trading for Russell Wilson and every, everything else. I'm a Jalen guy. I love him. I think he's great. I think he's going to, like, reach his potential. And then I think he's going to actually surprise people. Um, I'm not saying Josh Allen, but I think he's going to become a good quarterback in this league. But when you have people saying, yo, look, 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 his arm strength is better. And then it's a quote from Nick Sirianni or Dave Spadaro, who are literally paid to give you that information. I highly, highly, highly question, like, your... You, like your boot licking syndrome. That's why you got to keep up with the beat writers. Like, listen, I, I know I have like a. a and lot by the of way, opinion. hold on. One, one, one more thing. Jeff McClain had like one of the most controversial interviews that I saw because I saw it on Twitter, like people blown up. He joined Anthony Gargano the other day and he basically said that, you know, Jalen has not improved like pretty much at all as far as arm strength. And what you're reading is all from like people that are confident in him because they're part of Eagle staff. So you do have to take that into consideration. Well, see, I would disagree because like, uh, I know I am like the guy that hates or loves uh, people that everyone in the Eagles hates. Like example, it's Howie Roseman. I love Howie. Everyone hates Howie. I am a big fan of ESP. I don't care. I like Elliot Shore Parks. I listen to the Go Birds podcast. And yeah, I but think, he's a he's a I think he's good. No, he is absolutely not a boot. No, he is. He's a hot take boots bootlicker. Listen, don't get me wrong. He's an idiot on like his takes where he says things like, oh, I could luck into a home run. And he's anything outside of the Eagles takes are awful by him. But I think as far as Eagles coverage goes, he is he's probably one of the best. He's a like, fanboy, though. Keep in mind, he's he not works- a fanboy, Seamus. Do you listen to any of his content? Do, do you know where he works? He works at WIP, I know. But Which is the flagship you- station of the Philadelphia but, Eagles. But how that much have, of- that that have influence on what those on air hosts say? Seamus, he's mo- he's mostly hated because of his usually negative mindset on the Eagles. Okay, I'm just saying, keep that in mind of his. his so employer. I'm just saying that he he posts, you know, Jalen's stats, and I listen to the Go Birds pod with him and James Seltzer, which is like one of the nobody's few, going to be like, biased towards the Eagles on the Go Birds pod. I don't get what you're like the point you're trying to make because you're saying that I've been ESP. listening. I've been listening to ESP for years, Seamus. He doesn't just bootlick the Eagles. Okay. I don't. So, how am I supposed to argue with you if everything I just say you're going to say no, not true? You're I'm like, listening. I'm listening. There's to no you. winning this argument for me because you're just going to. It's like arguing with someone who thinks Trump won the election. Like, no, he didn't. What, well, yeah, yeah what, he did. What has he been saying? What has he? Has he been he's saying? been saying that honestly, like Jalen's arm strength has always like been not bad. The problem has been accuracy and timing. Yeah. And so so far in camp, he said the one thing he's noticed from Jalen is more accurate. He's more accurate in his throws. So that's Which is all good. I can. That's all I want to see. Let's dude, I hope he's right. But but let's see him against like actual well, no shit. But I'm just saying like listen, first of all, people that are people like you and your brother who are like very anti OTA coverage and like, oh, why does anyone care about this? You just need to understand that more people care about football than other sport in this country by by miles. And there's so, and there's people are stupid people if they care about well, OTAs. 
uh, listen, that's half the fucking country then, because more people care about OTAs than I would tend to agree that half the country is stupid. Well, yeah, okay, whatever. But you're missing my point. Uh, I'm not, dude. About, I, th- I think it's great. I think, OTAs. O- I think OTAs are great. And, dude, I, I, I go through the same thing you're going through right now, delusional stuff, when during spring training. Okay, so I get it. I get that spring training doesn't mean anything. Okay, I understand that. Matt Veerling was, like, hitting 7,000, right? So I get it. it you want to be excited because that's your squad. Dude, and they, all and I'm they, saying – And they're in shorts. All, all I'm saying when – is when there's an accuracy, you know, question with your quarterback. It's nice to see that he comes into camp the following after the offseason and looks like he's improved on that. But let me ask you this. If his accuracy was the same or worse, I guarantee you, you would just be like, oh, it's early. It's only OTAs. OTAs I don't matter. I would not be saying that. I'd you be would, dude. I would be saying that's a little worrisome that he's, like, performing horribly in practice. You wouldn't be like, oh, it's only OTAs. If Jalen Hurts was out here putting up like you know, if if ESP tweeted like, oh, today Jalen Hurts in practice went like four for fifteen with fifty yards and like three interceptions, I'd be like, well, that's fucking worrisome. Okay, especially but, since he's been working not, all off season. Not to mention the guys he's going up against in camp are, are fucking James Bradbury and Darius Slay. And uh, listen, uh, they made a good point. The beat, right? Like uh, ESP was saying, you know, usually when you have a play like where you read, like, oh, uh, Jalen Hurts threw the a fifty yard touchdown to Devontae Smith, who burned Darius Slay. You might ask yourself, like, okay, is that a problem with Slay? Uh, apparently, these balls that Jalen has been throwing have been like just fitting the ball in tight windows and making impressive throws. And that's something that I am excited to hear. I don't expect that means Jalen's going to come out and be perfect. But to me, at least, it means that obviously some of the things he did in the offseason look like they're paying off so far. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah, well, he was working out with that uh, Tom House fella in uh, California, and that's all good. But let's see if it can, like, you know. Yes, obviously, let's see what manifests in the games. But so far, all we have to base it off of is a couple practices, and so and far, Alan Iverson would, should not be a fan of OTAs if he makes commentary based on his past, you know, remarks at press conferences. That's all I'm saying. It, does that, I know this is like a hard topic change. Does anyone else like think it's very funny how, in like the history of like the NBA, with that clip of the practice thing since that happened, you rarely get any of the context that he was like criticizing the media after they talk shit about him after his friend died. I mean, what do you expect? It's Philly. It's very funny though. How it's like, <laughs> it's very funny how like even to this day, it's still played uh, I mean, for a joke. People, people know that though. But like, not actually. I don't know that many. People. I guarantee, if I we'll went to ask my thirteen-year-old brother, like, if he knew the context of that, but video, it's still he would an not. absurd. Like, he he was like a cartoon character. Listen, don't get me wrong. It's still like uh, it's still a great clip and everything. Yeah, but, but it like, was an I absurd thing to do. If you're it's him. funny, it's just funny to me that it's played for a joke. When like his friend was murdered, so he missed a practice. Yeah, and but they I mean, like got on his ass for it. I'd, all right, but like if he was crying, people wouldn't have made fun of it. it no, he was, was pissed the, off. Yeah, I know, but it's just the fact that he was just like kept repeating He's, himself, like like a, like a you know clown. Shameless, because because I'm sure the media kept repeating themselves like fucking clowns. I'm sure they have, bro. Philadelphia like, sports this media is, are not the nicest people. Uh, in general, this just goes again. Like people don't understand that uh, athletes are human beings and they have like human emotions and they're not just robots that like before the games you put batteries in them and they go out and play a game for you for your entertainment. No, when when someone's fucking friend gets murdered and they miss a practice, I think you can like just shut the fuck up and accept that. 
Yeah, but yeah, but Howard Eskin is going to do that. But yeah, the, the media's got to get their clicks, and they got. <laughs> we get wouldn't have that all. I saw Taylor perk up real quick when I said Howard Eskin. <laughs> it's just yeah, nope. you, you know what, Taylor, you're, you're a real dope man. You're a dope cockroach. Get on, get out of here, cowboy Dave. But uh, all anyway, right, genius. All right, genius. <laughs> Dude, I love how he had like his like 50th anniversary show on a Saturday. Probably got like 10 listeners, but I listened to it, so I was one of them. And like such a hater. And like the highlight guest was like Dick Vitale or something like insane like that. I was like, what? Yeah, did you guys uh did you guys see uh Carson Wentz is already having impact on his new team? Yeah, uh Jeff Del Rio is racist. I, I, I don't wanna like uh I don't wanna combine me and Seamus's other podcast, which by the way should be coming soon, with uh this podcast. I'm not doing that. actually it. record. It's already eleven o'clock. Nah, we gotta redo it. There's no way I'm doing that tonight. But um basically <laughs> Seamus, I mean though. Taylor, I'm no, I'm no you as far as you know production here. So uh, don't well, that's certainly me. true. But uh, Carson Wentz is already his impact is being felt because Jack Del Rio today got in front of my, I don't know what the fuck prompted this. I didn't see what prompted this. Dude, response, it was probably those same media monsters that you were he coordinator fun of for them. He's a, he's a defensive coordinator, I think. Right? Okay. Defensive or offensive? I don't know. He's a defensive one. coordinator. I, I can only imagine what question was asked that he uh, came with the response of like. Basically saying, oh, the media is making a January 6th seem like it's like so bad, but like BLM riots, you know, like but, they were but, burning. But, but also, like, obviously, what he said was wrong and like totally immoral and horrible. But wait a minute. What are we doing as sports reporters asking about social issues? All well, time? I don't know what the question was that led him to this. But like, I'm not a big fan of that because Here's... you're just you're just gonna get let down unless you're talking to Steve Kerr. By the way, we have like six or seven minutes left, so Taylor, this is right up your alley, okay? So I'm not gonna be able to sleep very well tonight because I'm very excited because one of the sports talk radio stations uh, in this town is making a major announcement at 8 a.m. tomorrow, okay? Which and one? that ma- that major ninety seven five the fanatic and that major announcement will be Mike Missanelli's replacement announcement, right? And, Hasn't that already been announced? Well, Crossing okay. Bra Crossing Bra leaked the the uh, story. Yeah, and it, apparently it's going to be Tyrone Johnson, Hunter Brody, and Ricky Vitalco yeah, Trio. And Brody, by the way, like a week ago. Why are you talking about this now? Because it wasn't. It it hasn't been confirmed. It's just Kyle Scott who doesn't who's been wrong a lot too. Let's be honest. He, um, he knows his shit with this stuff. You can't really say that. He's been wrong a lot though. Yeah, you're gonna be wrong sometimes, but he nails it most of the time. Okay, I mean, I don't think he's ever broken a story like this. This is like a pretty yeah. big deal. You know what I mean? But uh, do you like the Hunter Taylor? I mean, they, they got to give a shot to somebody young. I'm glad they're giving it to somebody young. Me too. Me too. I'm you glad it wasn't more? me. I wish it was me, honestly. How, how, would, how would you open every show? I can't do the Gargano impression, which is the same as the Bartard impression. So I would have to think of something else. So you would impersonate other people on the station? <laughs> and then talk <laughs> about the Phillies? <laughs> no, no, I would just... All right, first of all, Towers, I don't know why you're undermining me, because I think I would be a very, very good good uh afternoon guy but whatever i do have one quick thing i think it's hilarious that every nba fan is rooting for al horford besides the fans that root for the philadelphia 76 i hate al horford it's so good it's I'm so for funny you know who i hate more than al horford though his sister why she's the worst she's the absolute fucking worst. this is women? when sixers fans get weird 
She saw su- yeah. everyone thinks she sucks. I mean, yeah, it was it was even Celtics fans are not huge fans of her. And because <laughs> she, I like think... tries to suck Celtics fans' dicks. So all right, to wrap up, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you very much, guys, for listening in. Uh, we will hopefully be back in studio and actually all together for once. I'm gonna this try and the aim worst for show that next week. I've yeah, this seen. was a terrible show. <laughs> the worst. Honestly, you should stop listening to the podcast after this forever. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be in the way. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs>